I, I got this leadership position and I, I evolved to get to this position. And, you know, I hadn't met with someone in a while and I met with them and they're like, oh, you've changed. And I'm like, I hope so. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> and I, I hope I've changed. That I dweeb mean... I was 10 years ago? <laughs> yeah, like, that yeah. guy's in the past. Yeah. <laughs> I am your host, Jason Lafferty. I'm your host, Dylan Dentremont. We are two dudes who review books. Hello. Oh, there we are. Hello. Good morning. How's it going, dude? Dude, it's going great. I mean, it's finally summer. And I, as I can tell by your attire, that is yes yes i'm a little more lightly dressed today sun's out guns out yeah sun's out guns out that's the way we do around here yeah it's been uh, it's supposed to get up to 80 ish and then 90 ish is it 90 ish no mid 80s ish tomorrow oh i i heard isn't like early 90s ish tomorrow it, it it's gonna be hot it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be warm. hot it's gonna yeah. be a warm one mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah I saw you posted a photo of uh, you getting out in the sun yourself. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of surprised you saw that. You're not a Facebooker, so <laughs> I'm not a Facebooker. It's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, we lounged by the lounged by the kiddie pool the other day. Very nice. Yes, other day yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Drink drink rum and coke. Lounge in the sun. Very nice. And no, can't complain. Yeah. I got. Yeah. Uh, I have a friend whose uh, daughter is very sick uh, with leukemia. Yeah, but uh, as a result, um, we pulled together a party, uh, a group of people, not a fiesta, um, a group of people to help them with some yard work. So uh, I got out tomorrow and uh, did a little bit of community service help maintain their property since they can't because they're doing a, the run around with all the yeah. doctor visits and stuff yeah. so yeah that's uh i got out in the sun too yesterday well good on you that's yeah. that's that's good work thank yeah. you thank you yeah. i appreciate that yeah well i'm i am super excited to talk about simon Sinek's book start with why yeah um absolutely yeah so with this is this is our 12th book mm-hmm. and last last episode of the season last episode of season one yeah season one um mm-hmm. and i i we talked about what book we were going to wrap up with and i thought it was quite funny that we said well let's do start with why let's logically conclude <laughs> at the beginning of course yeah yeah um <laughs> So I, I don't exactly remember when I started reading Start With Why and when it was introduced. I do know it was introduced because of his TED Talk. Like, that's okay. how I came upon it. Yeah. Uh, someone was like, 
and then someone might have even my father uh was like hey i, I just watched this cool ted talk you should watch it and okay <laughs> all right sure yeah that. yeah uh, yeah and so i watched it and um uh, then i'm like oh okay i i've got to, i gotta go get this book i gotta read it mm-hmm. um and i did and i i've there's a another book which isn't his book called find your why it was someone that kind of made a workbook okay to start it with i but it, i i found it quite inspiring and i think it's kind of a one of the foundational things uh foundational books i use when i uh do my coaching stuff because uh, sure. i'm all about finding your purpose and finding your why so absolutely now was this your first first read at it first go through so technically my first read of the book, but like you, I was familiar with the TED Talk already. Um, okay. And I came to the idea of Start With Why through my work in education. And the idea being that us as teachers, you know, starting with a why is good for us, right? Like the, the even the analogy of the difference between building a wall and laying a brick and building a cathedral is a common phrase that's used in my organization in my school district i even have a little i made a little sign that actually says that out of you know wood and painted and hand painted and nicely polished up in my classroom about that i am building a cathedral right this idea that we need to keep our eye it's easy to kind of get bogged down in the minutiae, but if we remember that we're serving a bigger purpose, if we remember our why, then we do better work. And, and to me, it's not just about the quality of work, it's about how people feel about that work, right? And, and um, it feels much less like drudgery if you're remembering, you know, so for me as a teacher, right? Part of my why as a teacher is to actually make America better. Um, And if I'm sitting there grading math tests, which I I love (laughs) doing and I hate doing, um, it's easy for me to be caught up in the drudgery and like, oh, uh, you know, this stinks, it's work, it takes a long time to grade these tests. Whereas if I think of it in terms of, you know, I, I need to provide good feedback so that these kids can go on and be prepared to do great things for our country and for themselves, right? So starting with why the ideas and the TED Talk and all that was introduced to me, yes, a few years ago, but this is my first read through of the book. Okay, and first and last, first and I will read it again, first and... You know, I I hemmed and hawed on that. I did give it some thought. And I think, you know, when we can get into more of the details of the book and the structure, but I think for me, uh, I think I would come back around to it, but I would say not as, it's not a must reread for me. And the big difference, and a kind of a problem that I have with some of the examples that he uses, is he uses a lot of corporate examples which is fine. He uses Apple all the time. You could almost consider the book to be almost like a love letter 
to <laughs> Apple. And that's not at all to be critical of Simon. He, it's, that, it's that common ground, though. That's, yes. I mean, that's why it's being used. Yes, definitely. And I am, I'm an Apple customer, so I get it. Right? <laughs> David talks about that phrase, do you get it? Um, but I think one of the issues in education that we have is being likened to business. And the problem with that is, is I don't get to choose my students, really. If a student comes in that has a completely different culture, a completely different worldview, doesn't connect with my why at all, I can't say, no, thank you, I'll, next, right? That, that doesn't work. And in business, you can do that with employees. You can do that with corporate level management. You can do that even with um, incoming raw material or products that you're using. But in education, we can't really do that. We kind of have to work with what we have. So it's, there's a lot of great stuff in this book. Don't get me wrong. But one of the things that I do have to work around in this book is that idea that, hey, if people don't share your why, boop, show them the road doesn't work uh, in yeah. my particular line of work. Well, and I don't think it always works in business either. I, you know, I think about, you know, I'm, I'm the hiring manager, mm -hmm. right? But I haven't always been a hiring manager. Sure. And, you know, if I was like a frontline leader, you know, I, I may not have gotten to choose that, that person that showed up, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I may have had some influence on the interview or none at all, depending yeah. on the company. So I, I think, you know, for certain frontline leaders, yeah, you may not get to, you know, get to, to choose who you have on your team and choose who you're, you're buying, you're selling your why to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, th yeah. I think, but I, I get that correlation. I get yeah. that, that, that there's a level of control that you're talking to. And I want to say, uh, you know, uh, there's something he says in the book and it's do business with people who believe what you believe. Mm -hmm. And and that's really what you're talking about is if you have a kid that comes in, right, you, you're not necessarily doing business with them. No. And you could have a parent in that same aspect. Absolutely. Of, you know, <laughs> there, there may be a parent you're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to do good on your kid, but I'm not going to hang out with you. I'm not going to be part of your life in any other way because sure. we just don't line up on things. Well, and another difficulty that I feel like I run into is that if, if I do, and I think that most people are not this way. So let me start there. But if I do share my why, and I'm really honest and authentic and genuine that, that I want to, that, that I do the work that I do to so that kids can have a better life and so that America can be a better country. If that doesn't resonate with someone or they're reading some sort of underhanded political bullshittery with all that <laughs> because of the political environment in our nation right now, then I've lost them. It's it's yeah. it, it's great to be authentic, but now I'm at risk, right? I mean, and as Brene Brown would say, you know, be vulnerable, get out there, give it a shot. And I think that I will, but I still want to acknowledge that there's a risk there. And again, unlike the corporate environment, I don't get to pick and choose those people. Um, but so you, you don't are, go ahead. Yeah. So you don't get to pick and choose. And I think about like the bean right now. She's mm -hmm. in the why stage. Everything's a why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Daddy, mm -hmm. 
Daddy, I want a marshmallow. We don't have any marshmallows. Uh, Why? Yeah. Well, I didn't know you wanted marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> you didn't tell me well yeah. why and i'm like mm-hmm. so she's very much still on that beans or that why stage and so you know passing on some of the stuff and and you know going through this and and having this that conversations you know and we just we we just got her her first round of vaccine and nice I, I know it was it was a it was super exciting super mm-hmm. with everything going on Mm-hmm. in the world and you know having this happen was was it was just great it was it's amazing that we were able to do it um but i sat her down i said hey you know you're 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 getting a shot tomorrow mm-hmm. and well why well you know there's there's this thing called covid and uh-huh. this is going to help keep you safe and that's what what shots do mm-hmm. And we went down the Y path and we, you know, we talked about it, but she knew at the very end of it, why she was getting what she was getting. Yeah. And, and you know, it's hard to get that across to a, a three-year-old. To a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it was one of those things that I, I think having her be in that Y stage, mm-hmm. you know, does make it a lot easier to, to start with Y. I, mm-hmm. I you know it being you know being a leader and being a parent it's not always a, a start with why situation this is what we're doing today folks sure well but your comment about marshmallows also reminds me of of the celery test do you remember the celery test i don't so he talks about the celery test as so so the example he gives is that you're part of a big company and your company is struggling a little bit. So you go to talk to some other CEOs. And the first CEO says, you know what? I see you're good, doing good work. But one thing that you're missing, M&Ms. You got to have M&Ms in order to run a good company. And you say, okay, that's fine. So you go and you get a second opinion. You go talk to somebody else. They say, you know, you're doing okay. But you know what you're missing? Oreos. You got to have Oreos to make a good company. You go talk to various other companies and they give you all kinds of different advice, right? Like uh, Oreos, rice milk, celery, protein powder, whatever. But the thing is, is that if your why is focused around being healthy, only one of those makes any sense at all, or maybe two or three. But when you go to the store and you buy all of the things, all the, <laughs> the protein powder and the Oreos and the Cheerios and the M&Ms and the rice milk, people don't know what your why is. When you go to the store and you pick up just rice milk and celery, people can see what your why is. If those are the only foods that are available in your house, <laughs> people get a real good idea yeah. what your why is. And it's around being healthy, right? So it comes back to focusing, like we talk about talking the talk and also walking the walk, right? This is in no way intended to be critical of 
having marshmallows available for your kids. I do the same thing. It's but it's, you know, summertime. Where there are, and you know, there's chocolate in the house that you know, we might as well we might as well do some more every once in a while. Just just do it up. And that's that's okay that that's also part of your why. Like we we do this together. We make some mores together, family togetherness. That can be a big part of your why, and that's just fine. Um, but making sure we're walking the walk and talking the talk is a big part of your why. And if you're confused about what your why is, walking the walk and talking the talk is going to be difficult, or at the very, at, at the very least, you're going to contradict yourself sometimes. Um, and if people don't see that, if people see that, then it comes across as inauthentic. And that's not good for your brand or your name or the image that you're trying to forward, no. what, whatever your ultimate purpose may be. Yeah. And really, yeah, what you're saying is, is knowing your why mm -hmm. opens up a lot of doors. You want to yes. set goals, mm -hmm. know your why. Know your why, right? for sure. You, yeah. You daily intentions, know your why, mm -hmm. right? If you don't know those things, you're like, oh, what's, what's the goal going to do? What's, what do I want to do this year? Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, no, let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about why you want to do what you want to do. And there's a lot of research, even outside this book and, you know, uh, in atomic habits and power of habit mm -hmm. about, you know, it's easier to create a habit if you know why you're doing it, Definitely. if you know yeah. what you're, what you're getting yourself into. Mm -hmm. And so I really, I really liked the there's also there's the the law of, of diffusion of innovation mm -hmm. I, I really liked but i really liked where he started he starts with the, the book around the golden circle right yeah so mm -hmm. golden mm -hmm. circle looks like a bullseye in the center bowl center bowl in the center yeah the center. i think it's just called yeah. the bullseye yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and in the center is why and then the next ring out is how and mm -hmm. then the next ring out is what and yes. the, the two inner rings are, are your limbic system. Okay. Right? Now, now we're getting into brain science. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, and this mm -hmm. is based on the books based on brain science. Yeah. It's not just based on some idea or some feeling he had. It, it's, it, it was, it's based on brain science. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the next is the, is the what, and that's the, the neocortex brain. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the neocortex is the, the newer part of the brain mm -hmm. hence right? the neo yep that's the neo right mm -hmm. that makes, makes the matrix a lot more sense uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and so the limbic system is the older part of the brain it's that 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 reptilian part of the brain it's the mm -hmm. it's the hey you know this is what's important for me to know and knowing that why knowing that hey this is why we're doing it this is how we're going to do it starting there with people mm -hmm. um and it's it's not just starting there with you know kids uh it's with adults as well yeah and you know i find it's easier to when you're you have a team of people that you're trying to try to you know work on something trying to figure out how we're going to tackle something knowing that why is is the place to start and then yeah. how the hell we're going to do it Right. Um, there's something in there he says about uh, the inspiration versus manipulation. 
Yes. The, in fact, the, a, a significant portion of the first uh, section of the book, the book is roughly broken into six sections um, across whatever, about two or three chapters per section, I believe. Altogether, there are 14 chapters across six sections. But the first uh, chapter, uh, the first section is all about a world, world that doesn't start with why. So if you think about the, that bullseye metaphor of why in the middle and then the how in the next ring and then the what in the outer ring, we tend to, you know, if we're a computer manufacturer and we're making computers and you're trying to sell your computer to someone, our reflex because of all this neocortex business we have going on. That neocortex. Is to tell people, this is how many gigabytes of RAM we have. This is our download and upload speeds. This is how big our computer screen is. But the point that he's trying to make is that, you know, we're trying to kind of rash way into a sale. And that can work, but it does not breed loyalty. If the only reason somebody is buying your computer is because your screen is 0.25 inches bigger than the competitors, that's not really going to breed loyalty. Now, if you back off and, and, and go with the example that he gave about Apple, um, Apple didn't start with the value proposition that their computers were you know, well-engineered and beautiful and had great upload and download speeds. They went with the idea that this technology is iconoclastic this gives you power and control and it is a new thing and you know it's like their commercial if you haven't seen the um apple commercial for 1984 you can go to youtube and google it but um it would help if you knew what the book 1984 was by the way when i was <laughs> four years old so i didn't see the commercial when it first came out but it's all the, the commercial for Apple in 1984 that really took them off on a huge commercial success said nothing about the computer they were trying to sell you. It was a woman running into a building that had nothing but bald, drab, boring people in it. And she throws a giant sledgehammer at a giant big screen TV and just destroys it. And their punchline is that 1984 won't be like 1984. By the way, we sell computers, maybe you should buy one, right? They're ending with the what. They're yeah. ending with the, and we sell computers. They're starting with the why. You don't need to be a drone. This is not necessary. You can move forward and you can be an independent individual. So starting with that why, if you start with the what from the outside edge, which is our reflex, you tend to focus on those manipulations like you talked about. Like, oh, our screen is a little bit bigger. The features of the product, oh, this is the next great thing. Get it before your friends get it. Fear is another manipulator. Sales, time-limited availability. Those are all manipulations, but they don't produce loyalty. And yeah. that's one of the big drivers of 
this whole book is that if you want to be successful in business, starting with why helps develop a loyalty that you're not going to get by starting with what either from your customers or your employer employees. And that's where you're talking about uh, the Wright brothers. Mm -hmm. And um, who was the guy? There was the Wright brothers. And then there was, um, you know, the other guy that nobody's heard of. Yeah. Yeah. The other guy that no, and he even calls that up. Other guy that nobody's heard of. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he was, he had media following. He had, you know, people, he was, he had funding. He was trying to get rich. Mm -hmm. Where the Wright brothers, they had, they had an idea. They had a concept and they, they had a why. And, you know, they had people who worked for them that were very loyal and they were out there day after day. Mm -hmm. just trying to trying to get it up trying to trying to get that that bicycle plane in the air yeah, yeah. you're trying to find his name aren't you i i'm trying to find <laughs> i know it's in the section about right it's the last entry in the <laughs> index here so but uh no you're to your point the the gentleman that they were trying to compete with Langley, by the Langley, way, that's yours. what it was. Uh, Langley did not his his why was uh, very shallow, and and in fact, so shallow that he the the argument here is that if your if your why is profitability, profitability, profits, payment, fame, those are not whys; those are outcomes that if you've managed your why and been successful in your enterprise, those things will come to you, but they, it's very difficult to uh, get anywhere with having those as a why within themselves. He talks, um, excuse me, Cynic talks about this in his TED talk as well, about the difference between the two groups. Langley's group received a huge grant from the War Department they had all these fancy like professors and engineers and mathematicians on their board uh, 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 trying to develop flight. Whereas, you know, the Wright brothers had some screwdrivers and a couple friends, right? Like, and a bicycle shop. They didn't friends, have- And friends that did business with them because they believed in the cause. Exactly. And they got, that's where they got that loyalty, that dedication, that doggedness- yeah that you want as an organizational leader. And the proof kind of is in the pudding here about who had the, the, the why, because when the Wright brothers, when Langley learned that the Wright brothers had uh, developed a motorized aircraft, Langley quit. He quit that day. He didn't say, that's great, let's find a way to make uh, to carry weapons on it so that I can follow through on this war department grant. He didn't say, that's great. How can we advance and develop this idea? He quit. So that tells you, I think, all you need to know about where his why was. He couldn't get there first, so he quit. Yeah. And that's not what you want. <laughs> yeah, his, his purpose was money. I feel yes. like anytime I do like coaching stuff with somebody and we start talking about their why and they're like, well, I want more money. It's like, okay, well, what's important to you about more money? Well, I, 
I just want more money. It's like, no, if we can't get past this, mm-hmm. we can't mm-hmm. break this loop and figure out, you know, what's important to you about more money, mm-hmm. then you're never going to have it grounded in anything. It's right. never going to, it's never going to carry forward for you. Mm-hmm. And you'll get to a point where it's like, oh, okay. You know, I got what I got and I'll just stop. Yeah. You need to, you need something that's going to help ground those intentions, whether it's a, it, you're grounding it for a habit, you're grounding it for a goal, whatever. It, it, it's so important to find, find that why. So well, no, I, I have, a, I think I have a deeper question, but what were you going to say? I was going to say, this also reminds me of, you know, some of the work that we've done in, in, for example, Atomic Habits a hearkening back to one of our well earlier reads is that knowing that if your goal is the what if your goal is let's just say for example um if if you're quote unquote why i wish we had a word for a false why but <laughs> whatever um if, I, I think if, that is the word is false yeah, why it could that could be it but if, yeah you know if it's money if if people say why do you do what you do and you say money you say i want to make six figures what happens when you make six figures? Because you can't just, I mean, laying down your guns at that point seems a little ridiculous, right? Like then, then you're in this goal setting treadmill situation, right? Whereas if you're, if instead of it being money, if your goal is, you know, to make America better or to make uh, your lives for your family better or to give power to the common man, you can hit. A, a goal to ha- like Apple has done to help yeah. the common man be more powerful. And then you move on to finding another way to make that happen for more people. Right. Whereas if your goal is this like really finite, like make a hundred thousand dollars and then you're done. Like that, that's not a formula for long-term happiness. And so I appreciate the, the looking at things through the lens of why, because I think that opens us up to a better opportunity for lifelong happiness. You talked about talking to people uh, in your coaching and if they say to make more money, that's that's a, maybe a starting point. But if they say, I want to make more money so that I can go on camping trips with my family and I can't afford to oh, yeah. go on camping trips right now, great, we have a why. Your why is that you want to spend time with your family and be it's a family dad, time. It's family right? time, yeah, yeah. So now we have a jumping off point, a place that we can get. Why is not actually your end goal. If if uh, a money, beautiful... money's not your end goal in that right. situation. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. The money is not the end goal. The money is not your why. Your why is that you want to be seen as a good father and provider and to have family time to teach your children, right? So yeah. I think that's an important distinction to me. You were yeah. saying. Yeah, so... How did you come about your why? So even as I was reading through this book, I actually had to stop. When did I stop? I had a specific spot that I stopped. He went chapter one. I just made it to there. (laughs) Uh, No, it was it was after in chapter five. He talks about clarity, discipline and consistency in fact i think that's the oh, title yeah. of chapter five um, right. I think you might be right clear, yeah clarity discipline and consistency literally the title of chapter five it's the last um chapter of section two of the book an alternative perspective at yeah. that time 
I read that and it really, it, it felt like almost like it rang a bell in a good way in my mind because I, I've been doing some fitness stuff and a big um, thing that's important with developing one's fitness is consistency and discipline. And so I was like, whoa, 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 hold up a second. Now these words are coming up again in my life about discipline and consistency. And that, because I was already a certain degree down that path, it really let me dig into some clarity around my whys. And I even, you know, I'm a teacher. And so some people might say, well, you know, why, if, if fitness is so important to you, why aren't you a fitness instructor or, or a personal trainer or even a PE teacher? Don't get me wrong. I'm considering it, but um, <laughs> I think that that, that section chapter five was what caused me to really dig into my why a little bit better and to think really clearly about, okay, well, where do my attitudes around learning come from? Where do my attitudes around fitness come from? What is, yeah, absolutely. What is, where, where's the wellspring of all of this? And I mentioned it a little bit earlier and I, I wrote down that I teach because I want a better America with happy, wise, highly skilled people who treat each other with respect and together accomplish great things. Love it. I, what's that? Love it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and like even the physical fitness thing, like I don't think that people can be happy if they're sick. Right. So that's where the physical fitness thing comes into play. And it's going to be difficult for me to encourage people to be fit and really uh, be happy and well-adjusted. It's also so hard. I've seen this over and over again in education. The kid that's the most disrespectful in the class is also the kid that's up until 11 o'clock or midnight watching Netflix and comes to school late and has a lunch that is 100% carbohydrates, right? So like candy and cookies and gummy bears, literally, I'm not making this up. Right. So um, all of those things uh, lead me to this place of wanting people. And the reason I kind of waffle between adults, people and kids is that I mostly work with kids. I recognize that they grow into adults, but I don't just want adults to be happy. I feel like if we're trying to make adults happy, then maybe we're a little late to the party. I haven't a chance to affect the, the daily habits and attitudes of the kids that are in my care. And so I, I take that pretty seriously, that, that's, that I consider that a duty that I have. Um, so I, your, your question was, what was my why or how did this book help me think about my how, how why? Did, how did you find your why? It really came from chapter five and his uh, talking about being clear because being clear about our why gives us a lot of advice about how we get there. Because oh, yeah. it's, it's difficult for me to say, yes, I, I want to make a better America. 
and I'm going to punish you for not completing your homework. That's how we make America better, <laughs> right? Like, of course, those two, those two ideas, I don't think are, are compatible with each other. So being really, I realized in that moment that I needed to get a little bit more clarity about my why, at least as a teacher, to help me with my how. And only yeah. through that do we, you know, everybody knows that my what, my what is that I teach people, right? We're reading, yeah. reading, writing, arithmetic, right? The three R's, but that's nowhere close to my, to my bigger goal and my hope and dream and my why for doing what I do. Yeah. How about you? So my why, my why I didn't find out, figure out until probably 2018 2019 mm -hmm. it took me it took me a little bit i was only born in 2015 so you know <laughs> it didn't take me too long but yeah uh no 20 2018 2019 um and for me i never felt like i had my my place uh in high school and even after high school you know i had i, I had friends and you know but I always felt like something was missing out mm -hmm. of all of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, my, my why comes down to belonging mm -hmm. and helping people figure out who they are and what their purpose is. So they have that sense of belonging. I mean, my Maslow's hierarchy of needs, belonging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, belonging is pretty much number one. Uh, so for me, it's about helping, uh, helping people find that belonging. And that's what, you know, majority of my coaching is about, is about working with people to find their why, to find out, you know, hey, this is, this is who I am. This is what I do. And mm -hmm. it's one of those things that's a, it's an ongoing development. Sure. Yeah. Um, for companies, it may relatively be very consistent mm -hmm. um and even for people it may you know for individuals it may be relatively consistent but it's one of those things that does have does have the ability to change so this is my this is my why this is what my why is right now in mm -hmm. the, the short term mm -hmm. um this is what my why is longer term but you know you figure you know if you were to retire which you will probably eventually do um, in the fullness of time yeah 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 but when you when you eventually retire your your why changes right mm -hmm. like this is what my why was for so long and my why you know uh, is helping people you know find you know find their identity and find their purpose uh but when i retire what am i doing like what am i doing now like, does your still... why need does your why need to change well, it has your your why may not change, but how you do it may change. Your how, your I would yeah. agree with that. Your yeah. how and your what, but yeah. your, your I yeah. would argue that if you've done a good job, kind of nurturing, cultivating, identifying, finding clarity around your why, I I would I would argue that maybe your why doesn't need to change, and maybe. But you doesn't know, your why need to adapt? I, I your, think, and maybe that's how, the right. Your how needs to adapt. 
And the reason that I say that is that there are janitors, there are custodians <laughs> who work at hospitals who have a why. Their, their why is to uh, provide the, the best environment for healing and recovery. They're janitors. But they, they have, uh, yes, they use a mop and broom to do it, but they, they're building a cathedral, right? So uh, look, I no, think no, that- but here, here, let me, let me, re- let me phrase it, package it a different way. Sure. Your why may not necessarily be changing, sure. but what's changing is your clarity of your why. Fair. I don't think you can ever get a hundred percent crystal clear on your clarity mm-hmm. because I think as you, as yeah, as you Especially learn, clear and clear. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think you can. I think there's always that layer as you peel back the onion, the more and more. I think you can be very strongly rooted in your why for the moment, mm-hmm. but I think as you evolve as a, a person, mm-hmm. that you need to continue to seek that clarity, and it's an ever ongoing process. I think that's fair, and I was just. Something you said just reminded me they did a a study of people who were in their 30s and they asked them, how much have you changed since over the last 10 years? And of course, they said, oh, I've changed so much over the last 10 years. And then they asked them, how much do they think they will change? And the people who are 30 were like, no, no, I'm good. I'm pretty much going to stay this way the rest of my life. This is great. And then they repeated that with 40 year olds. And of course, the 40-year-old said, ah, I've changed so much since I was 30. And um, wh- what do you, do you see yourself changing over the next 10 years? And of course, they said, no, nah, I'm not going to change much over the next 10 years. But this pattern repeated. People were, would acknowledge that they had changed a ton over the last 10 years, but seemed really, really reticent to acknowledge that they would change and maybe i've maybe i've fallen into that trap that you were able to avoid our why <laughs> our why could definitely change because we change as people we evolve yes yeah we we and i, I find it really funny that that people are like oh you know i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna change it no you should be changing you should that's how I, okay. I remember i remember you know I got this leadership position and I, I evolved to get to this position and, you know, I hadn't met with someone in a while and I met with them and they're like, Oh, you've changed. And I'm like, I hope so. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> and I, I hope I've changed. That I mean, dweeb we, I was 10 years ago. God, yeah, that guy's yeah. in the past. No. Yeah, no, we, yeah. we have to be, we have to be changing. Um, but that, that tour so you important. Were 10 years ago though, I mean, getting knocked around and making the mistakes we did is what helped make us who we are 100%. today, right? It was 100%. a necessary ingredient, yeah. a, a necessary ingredient to making us who we are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, if you think about your kind of your timeline and how you got to where you got to, you know, and you weren't back like, God, I wish, you know, I wish, yeah, I didn't go through that. Or God, that was embarrassing. That's kind of cringy. Mm-hmm. But if you change that, you would fundamentally change who you are and where you are right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's really important that we, we just, we learn from it. We grow from it mm-hmm. and we, we carry, we carry forward with it. Um, and we have, and we have to be. And I, I, I think this, this whole book, you know, 
uh, you know, I, 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 I've read it once, like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, but I have refer I've, I've gone back and referenced it a lot. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've gone back and I've like, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to read this section again, or I'll pick it up and I'll flip through it and be like, oh, remind me of this. Mm-hmm. because i think it's it's so important um you know we it's so important to have all this stuff um and it's something i i try to instill on on the bean because she'll say something like i want to be an animal doctor mm-hmm. you know okay you know what, what's important to you about this mm-hmm. right why, why, why do you want to be an animal doctor? And I'll, I'll support her, whatever she wants to do, but, you know, helping her kind of ground that to relatively early going, yeah, I want to, I want to help, you know, creatures. Absolutely. I want to help, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, you, you've been saying this, you've been saying this for the last 10 years, kid, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you when you're, mm-hmm. you're 18 because you now have all this data to go off of going, yeah, I wanted, you know, maybe it's becoming a, a zoologist or maybe it's starting a veterinary practice or maybe it's whatever. And maybe mm-hmm. it'll change. Right. You yeah. know, because I'll tell you when I, my, my first career path, uh, my first career path, um, I wanted to be a pyrotechnician. That's badass. I wanted to be in special effects. Mm-hmm. I wanted to blow stuff up. Right. I'm kind of glad I didn't go down that path because <laughs> not a lot of things are blown up for movies anymore. Thank not you, anymore. CGI. Yeah, yeah. Um, CGI, thank you. I did uh, have an army recruiter once call me and mm-hmm. I I mistakenly told him that's what I wanted to do. And he's like <laughs> Come on down. I will show you how to blow stuff up. We've got a spot for you, yeah. sir. Combat engineer. Yeah, but that wasn't what was really important to me. Mm-hmm. You know, blowing stuff up is fun. Fourth of July is around the corner. I, I can't wait to blow stuff up. <laughs> uh, but that's not that's not wasn't my why. Uh-huh. You know, uh, you know, my why of creativity would have been fed there some, but sure. my my why of helping people find belonging would not have been fed right you know and you know it's probably before that i may have wanted to be a fireman or astronaut at one point mm-hmm. in time yeah you know, what was your what was your childhood Why? you know it, it coincidentally my childhood um desired dream job was also veterinarian oh nice yeah i, I can see that yeah i, I spent a lot of time in nature and around animals and we always had pets growing up i mean like not just dogs and cats but also like pheasant and quail and 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 rodents and other critters like that rabbits so like i i spent a lot of time around animals and it you know as things do with childhood and it's not that my parents weren't particularly supportive or anything like that um, I think my parenting was interesting in that my mom was fairly highly educated. She's a writer. Um, and my dad it, it was educated highly in the school of hard knocks. 
Um, oh, that's, it, a, that's, a, that's a tough school right there. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, naturally, the lessons that he had to teach me were different. Um, and, you know, I'm not using them as any sort of an excuse between me and veterinary medicine. I'm a teacher now, and I'm pretty happy with that. But that's definitely not, you know, where I started. I've definitely yeah. known I have a friend right now who's known since she was like six years old that she wanted to be her, a teacher. Her mom was a teacher. Her, yeah. her uh, an older aunt or uncle was also a teacher. She's been around teaching her whole life. She knew that's what she wanted to do. She's doing it right now. So um, I would love yeah. to have a conversation with a person like that because, you know, I, I feel like they're not the majority. The majority no. of people are the, the people that bounce around trying to discover their why. Someone yeah. who's known that they've wanted to be a teacher from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Like, why? What's important to that? How did you, how did you land on that? You know, what, what are you doing there? What's different about you than everybody else? Yeah, and I would say, you know, of the people that I've met who wanted to be a teacher since they were in the single digits compared to people like me who didn't even really get it figure out, figured out until they were full on adults um, as a second or third career. Well, I actually remember one of the things I remember when you got back from the Navy, um, you wanted to like, you wanted to really get into stir fry. You wanted to work in a stir fry restaurant. You Weird, to, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we were doing all the, we were doing those cooking competitions uh, uh-huh. against each other at the time. And yeah, we talked about, you know, opening something at the time. And that's when I was still in the restaurant industry area. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, that's because yeah. wok cooking is so cool. Well, wok cooking is, it is pretty badass. It's I, its I, own I thing. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 There's a lot. Yeah, the science of wok cooking. I would read that book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I still love cooking, but right now my cooking goes into cooking to show my family love. My and it's related to my why of creating happy, healthy humans. Right. So I still do a ton of cooking. I also do uh, cooking with my youngest all the time, who wants to. Speaking of knowing what you want to do since you were in the single digits. Um, for the past several, she's 10 for the past three or four years, she's wanted to be a baker. So we have been on an ongoing sort of lifelong project with her about trying out different recipes and different types of baking. She's Mm -hmm. literally reading baking essentials, which is a, Oh yeah. That's a great book, right? A culinary textbook that I got when I went to culinary school, yet another facet of a crazy life full of trying all kinds of different things yeah but so the you know there's that there's that whole thing and uh uh there's that whole thing of uh you know i have i still have dive gear i don't consider Mm -hmm. myself a diver i still have climbing gear i don't consider myself a climber Mm -hmm. uh i still have have chef gear Uh, i don't consider myself a chef Mm -hmm. um all those did feed into my why in some way or another. Sure. Um, the uh, the cooking for sure, um, and why I went to, to culinary school. 
and why I got into cooking was not also, uh, it was not what I usually tell people. What I tell people is, oh yeah, do you remember that, that prison scene in Goodfellas where he's slicing garlic? <laughs> that's why I got into cooking. That's why I got into cooking. <laughs> not, not true. <laughs> not true at all. But I, I got into it because I got me out of dishes. Uh, that's the reality. <laughs> but I, I stayed in it because it, it, was a, it was a way for me to connect with people. Oh, yeah. And it was a way for me to, to, to share a, a piece of myself, mm-hmm. a share a piece of my creativity. That's why I got into cooking. And it's, you know, uh, I, got into, I got into climbing because there's, there's, there's trust there. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a, a deeper bond um, than most. And then, you know, I got into diving because I got my dad was a diver. And, you know, I, I got well, into it that way. What but, I'm hearing over and over again is that these family? decisions, <laughs> yeah, family, <laughs> connection, belonging, connection. Yeah. right? Belonging. Yeah. Uh, belonging. You mentioned that earlier. Belonging. That's, that's that why is helping mm-hmm. people find that belonging. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we've talked, we talked a lot about this book. Um, you know, I, I think it's time to land the plane. Um, I agree. Is, I yeah, agree. Is, is there anything else you would like to say? You know, there's one more thing that I'll mention, and he makes a really good, it's, it's way near the end of the book, past page 180. He draws attention to um, the, the, there's, there's a, they talk about a battle. For those of you that are history buffs, you'll, you'll <laughs> read about the battle and you'll love it. But the point that he's making is that one of the things that won that battle was the longbow, which is a piece of technology that apparently the English had that the French didn't have during this battle. But what he's doing is drawing out the fact that the arrow by itself is a pointy stick. The arrow is useless until it is drawn backwards through space. And it's only by being drawn backwards through space that it can achieve the momentum that it needs in order to fulfill its purpose. And he tells this story as a way to help us, the reader, to think about our pasts and the decisions that we've made and the experiences that we've had to actually sit down and think about them, dig into our past, travel backwards in our mind to help find our why. Just like you did right now with I've been a chef and I've been a climber and I've been a diver, right? Digging back into your past and finding that what are the, what's the thread? What's the common thread that stitches all of these experiences together? What was I finding there that I also found here that I also found here? And that can really be clarifying when it comes to discovering your own why. I think that would be my closing. You had asked me if I would reread this book. And I, th- I know that I hemmed and hawed and waffled. <laughs> I, th- I think that I still have a problem uh, working around, you know, how much he makes this about business. But I think that anybody can benefit with some work around clarifying their why. And I think it can help anybody be a happier person, no matter what you're doing, just like those custodians who work at hospitals. Yeah.
yeah. knowing your why. Yeah. Know, know your why. That's, that's, you know, know your why. Figure that out. That's going to help you, you know, find that momentum to go forward. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, thank you for a great season. Thank you. It's, just, it's been just, a delight, yeah, man. Yeah. 12 books. That was the amount of books that I read was the goal for my reading in 2017. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. why we chose, chose 12. Um, it was some great, <clears throat> excuse me, not getting choked up. I promise. I just, <laughs> 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 yeah, but no, it was a, it was great, great conversations. Great season. I look forward to, to next season and the, the books that it brings and, we do, we are going to have a conversation about being a little bit more selective with our books in next season, because yeah. we kind of, we, we threw this together as, Hey, we can do this. Let's do this. But I uh, think that, you know, uh, I, I have a phrase that I tell uh, my students when they're a little bit worried about what they should be doing to start a task. And I say, to begin, begin. And, and, and I think that's what we did. And I'm tremendously proud to have made this podcast with you and to have had these conversations about books. It's been great. Yeah, love it. So mm -hmm. yeah, uh, for everyone out there who's listening, tell us what you think we should read. Tell us what you think we should, we should talk about. Tell us the conversations you'd like us to have because uh, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we, would, we, would, we would enjoy we always enjoy a, a new read and we always enjoy a new conversation. So for sure. Yeah. All right, my dude. All right, my dude. Have a good yeah. one. You too. Take Bye. Care. Bye. Our podcast was originally recorded on Zoom. Special thanks to Skillsoul on Pixabay for providing our intro and outro music. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please hit the like and subscribe button on your podcast provider follow us on instagram at two dudes review books let us know what you think we should review keep reading keep learning keep growing keep pursuing what's important to you and keep listening to our podcast stay thirsty my friend <laughs> 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 <laughs>